He so blocked you. Bro. Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show. Listen, uh, we've seen a debilitating trend over the last few years. People buying every damn book, mastermind thing, hangout, conference, system, tool set, info product, membership, coaching forum, etc. It's, it's like we're looking for this magic bullet. We're searching, we're reading, we're searching, we're learning, we're searching. And all the while, we're not building. We're not making. No real work or on-the-job training is actually happening. So in this episode, we share the resources that you need to know about and where to start so you can stop searching for some magic bullet and start building your thing. You know, by now, the word fizzle has two meanings. One, to fail in a weak and disappointing way. And two, to buzz or crackle like electricity, as if there were some enormous potential hidden in the wires. You also know that through this show, we explore why many small businesses fizzle out and why others seem to crackle and buzz with energy and potential. Your hosts are Corbett Barr. If this was uh, the Big Lebowski, he'd be Jeffrey Lebowski because he has a trophy wife. Caleb Wojcik, he'd be the Jesus because that creep can roll, man. And me, Chase Reeves. I'd be Maude because I don't wear pants when I make my art, as you'll soon hear about. One more note here. Uh, This conversation was so rich, we actually had to split it into two parts. So you'll get the first today and the rest next Fizzle Friday. Don't be fatuous. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. Let's get into it. Which brings us to today's conversation. Thank you. Yeah, let's get started here. So the way I understand it is is there are these... Can you just start this episode by going, which brings us to today's conversation. Just leave out that whole other bit. That's exactly what I was going to do. Oh, I love it. I was going straight into it. Sorry to spoil it. (laughs) You spoiled it. (laughs) But uh, anyways, it brings us to today's conversation, which is about... uh, We want to talk about tools, books, systems, resources that helped us... When we were getting started, and I like the, uh, the Caleb, in the email, you mentioned like something you can get through in a week that can help you, you know, be, you know, many steps down the, down the road. Yep. Um, now, can we just say this up front? We believe we're making something that should be on this list, but we're just going to say it here and then not go back to it. Okay. We make fizzle.co. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to talk the whole time about that. No. And, and uh, you frankly, Frizzle.co is a result of all of the the goodness and the 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 connection and lack of connection in all of the resources that I assume we're about to talk about. Yeah. Because for me, for example, we'll get into a book that I that was really instrumental to me, and yet there was no single solitary thing I can point to and say it was like a little bit. It was like a good mindset fix, but it left me high and dry in terms of like some real step by step stuff that I was looking for or whatever. Right. So be, because of all of the lack in these things, every you can't make the thing that, that solves them all. We're not trying to in Fizzle. We're trying to make the thing that solves the right stuff for these kinds of businesses. Small, probably one to two person companies yep. trying to, to bootstrap it, do it themselves, not take on venture funding, create something meaningful, live a life that yada, yada, yada. I don't yep. want to check into the cubicle. Well, and also a lot for us, <clears throat> the, the difference here a lot of times is also because of the community and the support and the action focus that yeah. we have in Fizzle. Whereas a lot of these resources we're going to talk about are informational, which is great, but yep. then where's the follow through and the support, that sort of thing. Hey, by the way, uh, back to our uh, elevator pitch episode. Yeah. I've got a, So have you used the, the app Lyft at all? L-I-F-T? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I, I remember hearing like some sexy stuff about it. I've never used it before. I downloaded it. I'm using it just for, um, actually, I got it because I was looking at like graphics and uh, the decals for the dashboard. For the thing oh, yeah. we're doing for the yeah for the thing and the thing for the, the thing. thing for the thing it's, oh, top, it's top secret shush, shush, yeah but I uh, <laughs> but I I've started a, a daily uh, elevator pitch uh, habit so for the next like 30, oh, for you. 30 nice. days oh I I fire up how how are you doing the, on your the streak? thing thing goes on well I just did it today for the first time was that I oh so you got one day I set it up over the weekend I missed two days in a row I'm, my I'm I'm one for three <laughs> so but um. But every time you know it goes off, okay, fire up the voice memo app, and I actually record it. Yep. Um, and eventually, I'll go back and listen to these. So, uh, so my my uh, my pitch. So here's my elevator pitch right now, and then we'll move off from fizzle. Okay. Okay. In this context, uh, you know, I got to get this stat right because it's either six hundred thousand or nine hundred thousand small businesses were started last year. 
So given that, that there's a lot of people doing this, and I don't know if you've ever been in that situation, but it's harrowing. You're alone. Your family's depending on you. You think you can do this, but you don't really know how. You don't know what the next step is. You're isolated. So we created Fizzle.co to combine both community and zero bullshit training to get you you know, from where you are now to, to where you want to go. It's video training. It's entertaining so there's, it's not, it's just, it's frankly, it's not boring because in half of these resources we're about to get into, it takes a lot of work to get through a full book or to this, that, and the, you know what I mean? Sure. To go through all this and you, and you end up speed reading and you miss some of the stuff. That's what we, we built fizzle.co for that. Is everybody who gets into fizzle going to be successful? No, they're not right. A large percent probably aren't going to be, but they're going to learn a lot about themselves. They're going to know more taking the next step after they've done the work in fizzle than they than they ever would have b- beforehand. So that's my pitch for fizzle.co. If you're interested, you can sign up right now for a buck. And we haven't looked at all the details for uh, if, if that's a good thing to do or not over the long haul. Uh, but right now it's a buck. That's the resource that we all kind of, you know, we're making. So we have to say that we're doing that. Now let's move on from it. Unless right. there's something you guys want to add. No, I love it. it. Can you just do that every time? Can you just give us a different one? <laughs> this message comes from... Yeah, well, I want to have like multiple ones because to me, there's so many angles into this story. Yeah, I like know? it. I like what you said about, like, is everyone going to succeed? No. And and that's just a general thing that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. I think our goal is to, you know, first of all, what we love are the people who come into our world and you just know they're going to be successful no matter yeah. what. Yeah. And you hope that for those people, you're going to just help them knock it out of the park. Yeah. And and save them a couple of years of struggle and really just make them like a star to it's begin with. It's interesting because Paul Graham, I just read this Paul Graham interview in, in Inc. that you sent, Corbett, and um, he's now sat across the table from so many entrepreneurs and they've filmed all of these entrepreneurs as they're answering these questions applying to be into Y Combinator. Yeah. And he says there's some there's a handful of like tells that they know about now they don't they like kind of not that they made rules but they like they have some things about like okay i don't invest in this person or this kind of person and and one of the things that he does say is chances are if you if you come in and you look what are the three words he said was um what's the the d word determined Uh, determined yep flexible flexible and energetic and energetic but i loved that He's Isn't like, that great? You know, as long Those as you're are like right. the three qualities that he wants in an entrepreneur. Yeah, and I like and he he also said on the other side, the flip side was that and that your ideas aren't horribly bad. Yeah, like <laughs> your I, think of the wide range within that spectrum. Yeah, your ideas aren't horribly bad. You're determined, flexible, and energetic. Boom. That's what Paul Graham, the guy who's worked with you know, given. All right, let's disclaimer. He's looking to make a lot of money using you in yeah. his Y Combinator. Yeah. But regardless, this is one of the guys who's probably one of the guys I read he who sees, spent the most time with he them, sees that, a lot that of that entrepreneurs. Amount of founders. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, there's brilliance in that. Mm-hmm. And I love I love that I can just say, okay, he's learned that. I'm going and I'm running with that. Yeah. And saying, you know, as long as your idea isn't totally worthless and you've got energy determination and you're flexible. It might not be this idea that becomes successful, but you once you get the hook in you, the idea of of independence, but more important, like of living, of of doing work that that doesn't suck. <laughs> you know, there's like doing work that matters and doing yeah. work you're proud of and then you care of. There's also just doing, doing work, work that, that isn't completely horrible and being determined, hate. flexible, and energetic about that work yeah. that doesn't suck. I love that. I yeah. love that. So let's get into. Oh, what you? Had yeah, yeah. No. Well, just to continue. I mean. Thinking back on it, like there was a time when I fa- failed spectacularly and I did have really shitty ideas and yeah. I kind of grew out of that phase. So for people listening to this, like as long as you have the determination, flexibility and, yeah. and energy, even if your ideas are shitty, I think you can get out of that phase, yep. hopefully. Yep. Um, and I can think back on working with people who were really inflexible. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest faults, I think. Just yeah. being completely inflexible, like my way or the highway, like this is going to work. Yeah. And that is one of the most frustrating things of working with someone, though, is when they aren't willing totally. to budge at all. Yeah. But of course, everybody cites Steve Jobs as like, oh, it's okay because this is what Steve's like, and I got to be like Steve. But you know what? That's fine. Go invent an but iPhone. Steve, but Steve, honestly, is a, a 
he's at the top if you think of the entrepreneurial pyramid. Steve's yeah. probably at the very top. So it's a one in seven billion chance but of you being an outlier, Steve Jobs. at least, whether yeah. he's the best or the worst. He's an outlier. Yeah. You know, that is a that is an exception to the rule. Yep. And especially, you know, like we talked about in the teamwork makes the dream work episode, which I was up in Kamloops, Canada, and I got to sh- send a shout out to, to Guy, who I know is uh, listening here. He found that episode very helpful. Nice. And I found him very helpful. I nice. like that guy. So, um, but, but like, th- as we got to in that uh, episode, the conversation around teamwork, around, around doing things on a team or a part of uh, w- alongside other people, you don't get to be Steve Jobs and have great friends. That you work with, probably. You know what I mean, <laughs> right? You know, like you don't get to. you live. You live in a giant. Did you hear about how he lived in like a mansion, like a twenty thousand square foot mansion with no furniture? No, for like years. Well, because uh, he was so specific about the furniture that he bought, because he was yeah. so like it had to be perfect. About it. Yeah, so he I had like one room full. He buys. Uh, he would buy the same Mercedes every couple months, so that he wouldn't ever have to put a license plate on it. Like he just has. What does a, that mean? It just means like he's always taking his leasing for like two months at a time. So you have a temp I love this. License he's plate? turned into Bill Brasky. Like Bill Brasky. Like that man used to. Sh- <laughs> What's Bill Brasky? Oh, it's like a Saturday Night Live skit. <laughs> it's it's just like a legend of a guy who yeah. is like bigger than life, and like all this stuff we're saying about Steve Jobs is not true at all. I it's bet. like no, second that was in in, in, uh, in the Walter Apple. Isaacson thing. Okay. That, that that book's really good, by the way. Hey, so gotta recommend that. Good, I like that. So not we're gonna jump. Resource, we're gonna jump into I'm in a second. Hold on, can you set the stage of what you're looking at here, Corbett? And I'll set the stage of what I'm looking at. <laughs> so okay. Cor- Corbett and I are high and tight. Let's, yeah, let's high and tight, high and tight. So this is actually this. I don't know if people know this. That's but our this comedy is troop root, root, like name. High and tight. High and tight. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get started oh, at the good. circus? That's like the it's circus good. song. Exactly. Hey, every kid. Hey, kids. Welcome to High and Tight. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the? Anyways, keep so going. I don't know if people know this, but this is actually a uh, this is a part two episode. It's a part de episode. Dude. This is the continuation of the episode in which Chase Reeves was not wearing any pants. I don't know if you guys recall this. I think the it was probably arc. in the first week or so, but. Uh, Chase comes from the other side of the pond here, <clears throat> the pond we call the, uh, what is it called? The San Francisco Bay. The yeah. Bay Bridge. And sometimes he gets a little sweaty on the way over here, and um, I don't know if... Mealy. <laughs> mealy. It's a little mealy in the bar so on he, the way over. He's actually sitting across from me right now, not wearing pants for the second time, and actually you only get three of these, and well, then you're out, and then we don't do it anymore. first doesn't count, because I was wearing boxer briefs. And now it's tidy whities hence tight. the name... High and tight. So Luckily, tight. he has a napkin he literally <laughs> on his lap. Handed me a napkin to wear over my lap. Which, uh, as I was adjusting my position, I realized that's hilarious. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's hilarious. And now you are high because, not for obvious reasons, that's get your head out of the gutter, people. You got uh, a, a haircut from a wonderful Asian lady nearby who went. Real high. She went real high. My wife sent me with a photo of the haircut that I needed to get. I took it in to this woman, uh, and she overdid a little bit. (laughs) I like (laughs) it. She went real short on the sides and the back, and uh, real high. So that's the setting, people here that that we're talking within. So the the topic today is, uh, and what I'm what I'm most interested in selfishly is hearing from you guys. What were the resources, whether they be books or you know something you bought online, some sort of blog post or bloggers in general, some sort of piece of information and training education that helped you in your business. But we're really kind of trying to crank up the compression here so that we have high, high, you might have 10 things that were super valuable to you, but like we can't read 10 things in a week. You know what I mean? So I like the idea of putting a little bit of a time limit uh, on, not on ourselves, but on, on the person on the other side listening here. Yeah. Um, it's really easy to get sucked into looking for the magic secret and then oh, just yeah. consuming all of them and never using any one of them. Yeah. And one of the things that I think we'll talk about, but I'll just lead with it, is that if you find a system from someone who has a lot of experience and seemingly good intentions, chances are it's it's going to work for you if you actually apply it. Yeah. And so this whole game of looking for the next shiny thing and buying new courses and programs and books and just consuming all of this material and never actually taking action. In the last episode, last week, we talked about how taking action is really important. It's actually the first most important ingredient of being an entrepreneur 
it's so easy to get wrapped up in just reading, 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 and feeling like you're actually accomplishing something when you haven't done shit. Yeah. But sometimes so, it's helpful to go into that mode when you are kind of stuck. Yeah. So you're at least being productive in a kind of learning way. So yeah. it's like, oh, I'm, no, totally. like, I'm totally stuck on the name of this thing that I'm going to make. So let me go and read for a bit, take my mind outside of what I'm trying to do. You know, yeah, no, at and, some and point you have to consume too. So Absolutely. It's true. There's this weird, like that's, I listen to hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of interviews. Yeah. Like there's no how to content. I almost, but, you, we- none. but you weave that into like actually doing stuff, right? But I do. Yeah. Because yeah. when I want to take a break, what I really want to do is I either want to go into an audiobook of like a George R. R. Martin Game of Thrones like thing, but I haven't done that in a long time because I've been so enamored with so many of these podcasts that I listen to. Yeah. And hearing the thoughts of a Fred Wilson or a Brad Feld or a, or a um, you know, Paul Graham or all these guys, it's just intriguing to me because I like the way that, that they're looking at business from a 50,000 foot view and like business in America in the world, you know what I mean? Versus me looking at my business trying right. to make it a thing. That's inspiring to me. It elevates my, my, my level of consciousness up a level just to kind of like be around that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, wait, where, where, how did we get on that though? So the point is today we're yeah. going to talk about systems that you can use as shortcuts and uh, we don't want you to run out and use all of these simultaneously. Yeah. We want you to think about these or anything else that you've read about and really plan to take action on them. Yep. So of maybe course, a disclaimer of who they're each for would be a good thing. Like if you are yeah. blank, 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 this is what you should Yeah, and maybe and uh, when you. we have used these things, yeah. because yeah. I'm going to mention you know a handful, and uh, I've used them at different times, but I've been working at this for you know a decade or whatever, so yeah. every year or so it's like time for a new system okay, to let's, fall. Okay, let's backload the caveats then. Yeah. After we've gone through these, we can, we can get a little more... Uh, because I kind of want to get in. I want to get into. Let's yeah. do it. Let's get into yours. Yeah. All you right. start. Let's get into it. You start. So let's let's start out with um, a couple that I think most people probably start with, which aren't necessarily full systems. I think they leave something to be desired, but yeah. they're they're very much in the mindset sort of phase. Um, and the mindset is really important to follow, like a mindset system, just to kind of get you into the frame of mind where holy shit, this stuff is possible yeah you know for me it wasn't a system it was uh going on a sabbatical for eight months in mexico and meeting people who were actually doing this stuff and going oh my god i didn't know that any of this was possible right for most people i think what happens is they read one of two books that's probably either the four hour work week Mm -hmm. or the hundred dollar startup which is more recent Mm -hmm. um but both of those for me uh the four hour work week was important i read it not at the very beginning of my journey, but probably three or four months in after I started a blog and everybody was like, have you heard of this thing called lifestyle design? It yeah. seems like you're blogging about that. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I read the book and it's like, ah, I get it. Like, yep. And then the stuff that Tim Ferriss talks about in that book, um, I feel like there's a little bit of bait and switch there. It's like, oh, this whole lifestyle is possible. But when he gets into breaking down the things that people do to actually make that happen, yeah. Um, It's not all that applicable to most people, and it's very hard to follow. And the things that Tim did to achieve his lifestyle aren't really the things that he advocates for. So he talks a lot about creating these businesses that are physical products that have like drop shipping and things like that, where you sell a product and then you don't have to house any of the, you know, actual the products and that that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I've still yet to meet anyone who does a physical products business with like one or two people involved. You know what I mean? I do, I do know. You do know? Neat guys. Okay, that's right. And they're, they are doing that. Yeah. But, cool. but to, to, so Studio Neat, they made the Glyph, they made the Cosmonaut, and now they, they, just, they just, this is good because they just put out the, when this airs, it might not may be already gone. They just put out the kit for the, uh, for the ice cubes. Oh, I didn't even clear. know that was them. I saw you yeah. back that project. I didn't even know it was Studio Neat. Yeah, so uh, great designer guys that, that put together products and, and do the thing, but again, these are like highly trained industrial designer, right? You know what I mean. And Tom, and then Dan, really amazing UX UI designer, who, who they're able to put this stuff together on their own, which has never been a better time for that. But for our world, in the you know info pro media entrepreneurs, you know what I mean. Info media, I, I like that. Info, <laughs> I like that. Info pro media passioners. <laughs> For content. <laughs> passion, pre- info passionpreneurs. <laughs> oh, gosh. I could go on that for hours. But um, 
in that world, no, no, everybody's doing a, 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 and I've realized everybody's doing a digital download of some kind of training, education. Yeah. You know, we call them info products, right? Yeah. Thank you for ruining the idea. <laughs> Thank you. Know, you. <laughs> by giving it the word that every douchebag on this planet will just y- love to use. Right. Just like saying disruptive now. Yeah. It disrupt, if you're a disruptive, oh, you're disruptive. Or you're a content marketer. Oh, you're, you, oh, you content, oh, you content, you disruptive. But, um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, the, the point being there, there are that, and I want to know, I want to get to know more physical makers. So here, and here's the thing. It's like, and I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I think that I, I'm saddened that we're all so connected to information and our computers. And I love physical stuff because yeah. it brings you back to being a person, yeah. a human, you know what yeah. I mean? But, um, the four hour work week is important because it does open up your ideas. Yeah. It, it opens up your mind to all of this stuff that's possible. Um, the follow through is a little weak, and so we'll get into other systems that make That's that a little bit more possible. That's the one that I was talking about when I said, you know, really helpful on the on front loading the what like the what's possible. Yeah, uh, and I just I didn't know where to start from there. Yeah, I had and no idea. Where totally. To start. And the uh, the guys that you mentioned, Studio Neat, the thing that they have is that they really care about what they do yeah. and who they serve, yeah. and they really try to make something that people want. I feel like the four hour work week is more like. Oh, just find something that makes oh, yeah. money for well, you. Well, that's the hilarity like an ATM, of the f- like an ATM, you know, or yeah. whatever. Like They're the yeah. hilar- that's the hilarity of the four-hour work week. It's like, hey, how do I make money so that I don't have to make money? It's like, it's like, how do I get a job not having a job? Right. How do I get? How, what's the lowest possible amount of care that I can put into a thing and have it fund my life? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I only want to spend. Yeah. Like an hour or two. Amuse. A week on this you call your business amuse because it's about you, not about the people you serve. Exactly. Right? I think you. I think. I think you don't know what that word means. No, that's what it's called in the four-hour work week. He um, calls a business a muse. Wow. I know it's weird, but it's basically the thing that enables you to muse about your fantastic life and live it. You screwed up on that. I don't I remember know. that. Because a muse is a is, British rock band. Is <laughs> a crappy. Obviously. It's Canadian, isn't it? Obviously, it's not that crappy. Muse is pretty good. I'm a they're muse right. fan. I, I think they're. I think they're British, but. You know, like, like the person who gets what a muse is is Stephen Pressfield, and I don't think we've had a fizzle episode. Yeah, yet a muse is someone who um, is a, it's your it's your inspiration. Yeah, exactly. It's the spirit that comes down and says, "Oh, bing." Yep. There's the thing you're gonna make. Yeah. You know, and you know now you can't get out of your mind. It's an infatuation. It's a kind of it's an incessant like, oh my god, that's that's what I have to make. Yeah. Like, it's the inspiration. It's not the whole. How do I? How do I like reluctantly bring a laptop with me when I travel? And you Caleb, said there was no follow through with Four Hour Workweek. What about Hundred Dollar Startup? I think there's more. There's more follow through there. Um, Chris really knows his, shit, and yeah. he also has a lot of really good examples. That's what mm-hmm. I love about that book. Chris is really good about going out and finding people who are doing interesting things that aren't related to marketing or <laughs> helping people create businesses yeah. when you've never created one yourself or yeah, whatever totally. that the case may be. Um, he has really good examples. Caleb, I wanted to ask from either of those, the $100 startup or for our work week, from your perspective, like, were there any good things that came out of that from your entrepreneurial journey? Like, So I read it when I was still in a day job and I was just getting started yeah. with figuring out that this is the like direction I wanted to go. And I think one of the biggest things for me was to start like making my actual job easier. So not getting inundated with email, telling people I couldn't be on instant messenger all day and go to every single meeting and stuff like that. And that ended up just freeing up my mind to not like run around all day and have to work overtime at my job so that I could start doing some more entrepreneurial things. Being more proactive and less reactive. Yeah. And so those types of hacks in the books, like, you know, writing short emails, turning off your email, not checking it, getting out of meetings and getting control of meetings so that you are in charge of them and things like that. So th- those are the, the types thing, of things that those are the things that Tim Ferriss seems to be the best at, like the ha- yeah. the hacks of just getting your time back. You know yeah. what I mean? And and you know, so first of all, yeah, I totally second what Caleb would say. Second of all, hundred dollars startup. Listen, anytime you include Brett Kelly as an example, like I'm in. You know <laughs> exactly. That, that's just that's just I'm just a fanboy. Third of all, you're exactly right, Corbett. Tim Ferriss is great at looking at the whole, okay, this is the thing that I'm doing. Here's my day. What of this eight hours mattered? And what? Are, and he also asks, like, what are the consequences to not responding to this person? Or, yeah. you know, feeling like yeah, I have to the, be there. The worst that could happen thing. Exactly. The, like, worst, that the could happen worst thing that could happen. If I quit my job or if I go travel or if I stop responding to email or instant messenger. You know? Yep. 
I like that. I like the concept I, because what it does is it puts this natural. We live in it in, as information or not, as knowledge workers in the time that we live in. We have seemingly, you know, a, a, a constantly and always on connection, either to, to information, education. Like if I'm not learning something right now, maybe I should be learning something right now. But I'm sitting across the table from my wife. But I could learn something right now that could like take me to the next level. You know what I mean? Uh, but I'm sitting across from my wife who is about to take me down a couple levels in terms of how much she loves me. <laughs> but, you know, th- these sorts of questions are not easier now that we have access to everything and everything has access to us. It's harder. You know, it's so much harder, which is forcing a kind of, you know, Zen Buddhism on all of us to, to, to ask the great questions about what does matter about my life and not even what matters. Like, what do I want out of life, which is almost more tangible than what matters? Because what matters is a little bit, uh, a little bit ethereal. But what do I want to matter in my life matters a whole, that, that's a big question. You can answer that. Yeah. Or you can't, and you realize I need to do some work to answer that question. Yep. That's what I've always found that Tim Ferriss does well for me. I feel like I'm being taken advantage of when I'm reading Tim Ferriss. <laughs> like, he, he knows something that you don't. I, I feel like he's like, oh, yeah, and by the way, my biggest hoax and hack is you right now reading is this you. book. Is you. Just the millions of you sheep reading my book, and I'm making you think you're not just a sheep. Yeah. But I know, you're just a sheep. But, so, you know, I feel that quite a bit, but at the same time, I can't ha- I don't have anything but respect for the guy. I know that he would never be a good friend. I could get to know him and try to meet him and do, but frankly, it's like, he wouldn't be the, he's not my kind of people. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be my kind of people. I feel like I, what I'm looking for is people to do life with, you know what I mean? So I can take his ideas and find them as, as the inspiration that they are. Take him at that and say like, great. Thank you for that. I am grateful. I do respect you for X, Y, and Z. Right. And I don't need you to be my friend or my dad or my mentor or anything like that. You know what I mean? Typically I need people to be my dad. <laughs> I had a feeling that was coming. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, right. so uh, uh, that's hundred dollars startup. And for our work week, kind two of, books kind that are essentially on all of our lists. Yeah, they're great. They're great. Yep. Take them for what they're worth. What I love about $100 Startup is it's probably a better, more human look into what's possible. Yeah. What's, what, what are your options here? What are, the, what are the ways that people are doing this and actually supporting their lifestyle? Yeah. Um, I like that you get so much of that. So many there. examples that aren't just Chris himself, it's and other people. I like yeah. that for our work week does it in a way that's like... That's a, it's a little more, it's up a level from the practicality into a little more of a philosophical uh, mm-hmm. arena of, of like what matters to you about your life. Cause here's what I found about mine. And in that, and in that watching Tim do that, you're like, okay, that's interesting. That's putting the bar pretty high for me. And I want to get there. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a little bit inspiring that way. Yeah. You won't get any step-by-steps. You won't get the first, you won't, you don't know where to start. But the first place to start is to realize it's possible. And you know what? Like for how, however cliched it might seem, um, you know, if you asked me six years ago if I would live in Mexico for three or four months every year, travel to Italy for a month, hang out with uh, a good friend of mine in his underwear and record podcasts all day long um, and uh, things like that, like I would not have guessed that was inside the realm of possibilities at all. You read this thing, you start Lucky meeting for some you, people. Buddy. <laughs> you start meeting some people who are doing interesting things, and all of a sudden you're like, "Why couldn't I do that?" Yeah, you know, it, it's true. It's true. Okay, so okay. Let's, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. So, so in my, uh, if I can just guide the conversation a little I bit, I want here, you to. I think that a lot of people, um, as they're working through different systems, if you're thinking about the way you're going to build your business, a lot of times it makes sense to start with services and then move into products mm-hmm. because. If you're getting to know a market... Hold on. What you mean by that is to start with... So, for instance, I'm a designer who wants to sell products that are designed or or whatever, that wants to sell how-to-do design products, right? Yep. You could start by actually being hired as a consultant, coach, teacher to designers, individually helping them as a service business to get better one-on-one. Yep. Then roll that information into... Or just work as a designer. Like, you know, if you want to be the person who yep. um, teaches people how to design websites, then you should work as a web designer yourself for a while. Yep. Or um, even for a company that does it and then transition to working for yourself and then... Yep. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So the reason I bring this up is because the next product service that... I, or. Uh, system that I'm going to talk about is about, you know, services. And this is a great thing to do to, to offer services is a great thing to do because it is market research. It's really intensive market research. You get to know exactly, um, inside the minds of people who are trying to accomplish something. You get to walk them through all of the barriers that they face and really 
understand exactly what it would take to create ultimately an information product or a piece of software or something and that would help them achieve all of this. There's no way of discounting how much confidence can change the decisions that you make going forward. Mm-hmm. When you have confidence in the ideas that you're, that you, like, when you start to see, I'm coaching a fizzler named Tom Ross. He, we did this little, uh, I guess, what was what it? It's not a competition, but whatever. Pull a name out of the hat of people who, who wanted to be coached. I'm coaching Tom for a little while. And one of the things we just had on our coaching call today was he, it was like a celebration. After five calls, he had accomplished like everything on the list and, and a little bit, just a little bit more like he's surprised to when he went out of the numbers and into the individuals, responding to each of the emails, hearing people and their stories and really responding to them in a personal way. Now, all of a sudden, he has faces and names for these, you know, what were before just like pain benefit points. You know what I mean? These sorts yep. of things. He's so much more all in on his business because of it. And he's more intuitive because he has that he has that confidence knowing how much he gave. He, he, he was able to add to Veronica's life or whatever. Like, right. So when you do the service industry thing or when you not service industry, when you have a service business or able to work with even with a small amount of clients one on one, you get actual you get to really see what's at stake for these people's lives and how valuable this thing you give them is. You know, for him, it's the yeah. easiest thing in the world to say, oh, yeah, try this. Use this drop shadow. Try this layer style in, in Photoshop because he's teaching him how to do design stuff. And it's like, it's so valuable to them that now he realizes what's at stake for them, how important this is to them. And now he's like got more of a mission into actually doing the thing. All because he treated it a little bit more like a very successful design, you know, tutorial site, a little bit more like a service Thing yeah, for they don't have to do it for forever, but just for a while to realize there's humans right. really trying to figure. Well, something there's multiple out times here. that you've done that, Corbett, or we've done it together. Right. You know, you do the one on one for a bit, and then then you make a course based on all these things you walk people through. Yeah, that cost them four figures, five figures, or something, and you can sell it for two figures. Yeah, because you can't. Yeah, you you can't just be the the person like up on top of the mountain looking down on everyone like imagining that you know what they're struggling with unless you went through it really strongly yourself and yeah. you wrote it all down and documented it because you're just going to forget over time. And that's gonna- a different thing, right? That's a memoir. That's a how-to based on my experience, which is also super valuable. Yeah. But man, the stories of the individual fizzlers keeps me going. Right. It's why I like watching Stephanie or watching John or watching Nick. Like this is what keeps me going. We should tell people too. This is like part of our strategy. When you know we build fizzle and whatever like products, we build things that people can buy in mass. Like we don't have yeah. to be there for each one of them. Mm-hmm. But um, we like after we release a course or just in between things when we're thinking about a new course to work with a couple of people one-on-one, no strings attached. It's like, hey, we're going to coach you. You know, you're not paying extra for this, yeah. whatever. And the reason we do it is A, to help them out and B, because we get to get inside of the problem that they're facing right now yeah. and make sure that whatever we created is going to be more useful. Yeah. Which know, is, again, one of the challenges with all of these resources we're talking about. Every business is, is a little different. Every yeah. founder is a little different. So it's really hard to make the one size fits all thing. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So when we, again, now I'm starting to see it, people, all of you iTunes commenters who have said, can Chase say, you know what I mean? One more time in an Did episode? you just say that? I'm starting to see it. Oh, and no. hear it every time. But it then comes the other guy, my... the other guy commented and said, "Like, don't, don't ever change, Chase. If you know what I mean." <laughs> <laughs> he thought you were. <laughs> then the other one, the other commenter who said, "It's a drinking game." Every time Chase says, "You know what I mean," <laughs> and even when I'm editing this, oh I can't God. even There's hear some it. Drunk listeners out there right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. I'm trying to get better. Hey, oh. one, before we jump into the next resource, I bet people are just salivating right now to know what it is, by the way. Um, I would love to also point out that my napkin's getting a little damp. <laughs> Do you need a change? change it looks napkin. like you're wearing a, di- a diaper right now. I know. All right. Uh, moving on. I want to point out as well that like providing services isn't like isn't something to necessarily poo-poo and move on from. I think a lot of people, yeah. you know, we we prefer to create products and less services, but there are plenty of people that create services for their entire life as a business and some people do really well at it. I was um yeah. I was out to lunch with our lawyer for Fizzleco. His name's Gabe Levine. Uh you can find him on Twitter at my lawyer my lawyer Gabe. Um, anyway, he works for Mike Montero 
and Happy Cog and MetaLab. And these are businesses that do millions in revenue every year just from services. They charge six figures in some cases for projects that they do for people. And that's a very honorable thing to do. And you can create a very lovely business out of services and you can learn to really love that process of helping your clients directly. In fact, you get much greater results for your clients when you help them one-on-one than you do if you just give them an info product or whatever. Yeah. So it's a different business. It's not worse. It's just a lot of people use services as a stepping stone to get to the next thing, but yeah. you might find that you just love and, services. And it doesn't need to be an either-or either. There's people that I know love services, that love freelancing, and that's all they do. Yep. Like someone like Paul Jarvis, who's booked for months in advance for his web design work, mm-hmm. and that's what he loves to do. And he could... You know, he could take on more clients and stuff if he wanted to, but he doesn't really need to. He just, Did you just spill your beer? No, I knocked over another microphone. <laughs> he, could basically, just has like, he just has five microphones on his desk. Five mics time. and three beers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he could take on more clients, but he just sticks yep. to the rate that works for him to live his lifestyle that he wants. He does have some information products that he makes for fun or whatever, but, you know, he likes About doing vegan website. cooking. Like, yeah, like vegan uh, cooking perfectly, yeah. you know, you're talking about Paul Jarvis. Yes. By the way, that was a really great thing they did the other day. It was, um, it was, uh, Nathan Barry, Paul Jarvis, um, my Justin, Justin uh, product people podcast, Justin, what's his last name? He's the guy who wrote that words piece. Yes. By the which way. was so powerful. Yeah. So powerful. Um, and, um, Sasha Gray, Sasha French guy. Yeah. In Sasha. Japan. <laughs> Sasha Gray. Anyway, those four guys just did a little like hangout chat the other day that, that Caleb directed us to and um, about self-publishing. It was a really great thing to do for their audience. And my favorite part was that just via chat message, Chase was able to actually derail the entire conversation for like three minutes. Listen, I, that was, okay, so there was a, there was a comment. That I really was interested in Justin's hair products, and I made it very clear in the chat room that I was curious because I would like to style my hair similarly. And they could not, they couldn't keep going. They had to stop the entire conversation. This isn't the first time that Chase has derailed like a public webinar. <laughs> I know, we put him on at some point and I do that. Anyways, All right. uh, literally I do it every week on the Fizzle Show. hey yo, Hey! Welcome to the Fizzle. Caleb, you make a good point though about services and products and how they work together. Like MetaLab so MetaLab's really interesting. Do you know these guys? MetaLab yeah. design. So Andrew Wilkinson. Um, I hired them at my last business when they were three people really? in 2006. Like wow. I found them somehow because they they created content. They had a blog and they did really interesting yeah. work. We hired them. They were three people. Now it's six or seven years later. They have 70 employees. Wow. They're a services business who also does products, sort of along the lines of 37 Signals or whatever. Mm-hmm. But basically. If you have a services business, there are two ways to scale it. Three ways to scale it, sorry. Right. The first is that you raise your rates. If you're mm-hmm. one person, you can raise your rates over time. Second is that you hire people that you can farm out to do the work that you were doing. Yeah. The third way is to add products that have some sort of leverage because that adds revenue that doesn't need more people necessarily. Um, we have a great, actually, interview in Fizzle with Chuck Longenecker yeah. um, from Digital Telepathy, which is another really great design firm who yeah. does products as mm-hmm. well. They're not nearly as big. I think they have 10 people, and he's actually scaled they, they down. They a little more than that. They, they okay. used to have a lot more, but now they're down below they 20. They scaled down the services because they wanted to do products. But th- yeah. this is a really interesting thing, the balance of services and products, not just because yep. services allows you to create products because you learn how to create them, but also because when you create services... Um, it brings revenue in the door right away, which can buy you time to treat yourself as totally. a client and then create which, products. Which, of course, becomes a... By the way, let's let's invest as much time on this as, as we I love need it. to. I love it. Which uh, can, at the same time, be a, a kind of bad cycle. Yeah. Right? It's a kind of thing like the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. The devil that you don't know being really spending more time building that that thing that, can, that you can sell as a product. Like Paul Jarvis Design... Doing client work is the devil you know. Making your first product, trying to sell it, like, you know, and not knowing, you know, it's going to take six months to do, and luckily it doesn't, it takes, you know, a couple weeks to do. Then, you know, you can sell it. By the way, can I just say to people, can I just, <laughs> sure. hey, 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 by the way, hey, 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 get back here. Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, um, you can make a product that you sell for a dollar. Break, just break the seal and see what that's like. Hey, how to use Google Calendar with your wife. 
five quick tips, 99 cents. I'd buy it. One dollar using Gumroad. Yeah. Which is free to set up, right? And then they just take things off the back end. You yep. just have a button or PayPal, donate, right? Yep. Just make a one dollar thing. See what it's like and be like, uh, okay, I see. I'd like to do another one at this size. Then you do one at four ninety nine. Then you realize like this is good. I know what it means to because we can be experts in teaching people how to run a business or something like yep. that. But we don't get to be that alone. We also have to be experts in how to turn that into a thing that someone can buy in productizing that, right? Yep. Which is baked into some of the things that we're already experts in. But the point being, that's a whole other set of skills that is going to pay you dividends down the line, knowing how to put up a blog, how to do some basic HTML, CSS, how to, how to you know, create, the open up Photoshop and do just a simple logo or whatever, yeah. throwing it put together. Put a product up and all that kind of stuff. It's, Build an email list. But that. people think that's like, okay, I'm thinking about doing my product, so I'm gonna spend the next four or five years in research and then like probably buy, I'm gonna buy like, you know, the people that we see within Fizzle who've bought every product under the sun. Don't buy any more products. Don't buy Fizzle. Yeah. Till you till you have your th- your thing up. Till you have the outline of it. Let's Here, do a let's do a course called um, Sixty Days to Your First Product. Like in Fizzle, I think that would be great. Well, Just the thing put we, it put a timeline on. We it. have our uh, this this uh, thing on the roadmap. We can be candid here. Sure. This thing on the roadmap about revenue excursions. Yeah. We have this this uh, we front load with the first you know couple weeks with like okay what's possible what does it mean to be an entrepreneur what's the mindset that you're gonna have what are some realistic and, and and honest expectations of yourself and your business that you can have because this might not be the one that's successful for you it might take the next and the next idea to be successful so let's let's be realistic about this that and the other then we get into choosing your topic your brand new choosing a topic course which is awesome my uh, defining your audience differentiation handful of other things right down the road. Just now that's our dream is that that's this takes you maybe a month, a month and a half, maybe two months to go through, depending on what your yep. schedule is like. Identity right? stuff too. your this business. This is identity. all just getting you getting things set up. Then, OK, let's go on some revenue excursions. Let's make our first dollar and let's see what we can learn in 30 days so that we can logically and realistically throw more effort behind and more of our time and weight behind a thing that is statistically a little more proven than this other thing based on this test that I've done over the last three weeks, right? And it might not be very significant and might be a huge difference between the results on these two tests that you did, right? So great. Now you get to move forward with confidence and, and, and it doesn't take a whole lot, a whole lot of time to make your first thing that you charge a buck or $5 or $9 for or something like right. that. Just break the seal. Cause then you also have the MVA, which we were calling MVA, the, the minimum viable audience and the minimum viable product, right? So we're creating this whole system of like, okay, from, from zero to where we know this, we've hit a nerve with our audience. And then you repeat these last four steps or whatever, however many steps, till you you kind of multiply on multiply on multiply, and eventually either you have some you realize this is this is hugely valuable valuable, and it looks like a uh, massive week long training that we get people to send the companies to them them out to, or it looks like this five dollar thing. It looks like an Evernote Essentials, Brett Kelly's book. You know what I mean? Which he sells for how much does he sell that for? You know, uh, I think it's what is it twenty? I want to say twenty. 30? 20, 20 to 30. 30 bucks and it teaches He's, you like be pro on the Evernote, right? And, yeah, it, for people who don't know, I don't know if we've used him as an example too much. We've mentioned his name, but Brett Kelly, he sells his book called Evernote Essentials and I'm pretty sure he has done at least half a million dollars in revenue from this one ebook over yeah. the past 3 or 4 years. Lots of and, and just and lots lots of he's just really successful with it. Yeah. He's struck a nerve with the thing. Is his passion teaching people how to use Evernote? Maybe not. I would say probably not. I would say no. I would say probably not. I'd say at a time, though, he was pretty damn an advocate and evangelist it. for this. Yes. And I am too. It's not okay? his, maybe it's not his life's passion. It's one of my resources. I don't have a system or a tool. I have a resource that's okay. coming down the line on this talk. Evernote. Okay? Listen, I really believe in Evernote, and so I love that he wrote this book. Um, so anyways, the point being, <laughs> I have no idea what the point was, frankly, but you see how on this grand scale of things, like, yeah, you can look at the next two years, run some revenue excursions, yeah. see what's happening, try until you like, okay, I'm t- you've got some validation of your idea in the marketplace instead of like sitting across the table from an investor or sitting across the table from a mother-in-law yeah. or sitting across the table from a friend. Because you're actually trying to create and sell something. Or like just, you know, writing it down and seeing what it feels like in a month. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, 
and it's it costs you nothing. Yeah, you know, to to get out there and try some stuff. I'm gonna go back and edit this and realize, wow, you started over there, you ended over here. I hey, think but there was something in the, the middle. The good news is it took you at least like 40 minutes to get to that point. It so. did. So we were talking about <laughs> going into a services excursion yes. if necessary. Okay. Um, the, the it can be a little bit of a of a of a hard thing to get out of. There's a lot of gravity in services once you start to get clients because there's a whole other ball game to learn how to run a service company well. You know, like I learned a lot from just that interview with Chris Johnson from Simplifilm. It's essentially a service company, but they've productized it or systematized it. Yeah. In a way that like every client gets a completely unique thing, a story completely based on what that product, because every product is so different. Yeah. But there's, and when I worked at a a little media company, we made one product, a seven minute video. It was a machine. It was a machine going from copywriter to creative to this, that, and the other. And I was a project manager who managed the whole thing. It was like, oh my God, I totally see how a creative services industry or a company turns into, it's a, you make money on your process, not on your creative return. Because yeah. yeah. I can convince any client that this is right or that is right or the other is right through the course of the process. But that's what's messy. And you just have to, you know, yeah, you have to make a this. For this that is message. where this is what I came up through, like yeah. uh, as a consultant. As right? a consultant, so I worked for two companies uh, that did services completely, and both had over five hundred consultants. Yeah. So the first one I worked for had did about two hundred million dollars in revenue a year, wow. purely from services. And they're a much bigger company. They're multi billion dollar companies that yeah. do services like Deloitte and PwC and McKenzie. that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. McKinsey, exactly. So. Hold on, hold on. Before you go, you were getting, you were turning towards the like. Is this is so weird. So, so this um, is. A- <laughs> there was one more thing I wanted to say about services. Oh, he so blocked you. I saw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is <laughs> so blocked you, bro. Things were going so well with my so. Why'd you block me? me? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I so blocked you. <laughs> I love that. Um, recent recently, uh, I've been reminded of you, you know because I remember we've had we've had talks before. We had this thought because I'm really good at design. We've had talks before. We've had talks before. I'm really good at design. I'm really good at communication. I know this. It's taken me a long time of a lot of people telling me this to get to the point where I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay I understand. I get it. it. It's valuable what I do to, what I do for for companies and for people, and they want to pay me money to do it. And we had this talk, uh, we had these thought, these ideas like, yeah, we'd be making think traffic and fizzle and we'd have this like agency arm where we'd work with people that we like to make their sites and do these things. And eventually it got to a point where we, re- we realized, you know, and we did do some of these sites like Steve mm-hmm. Cam, Pat Flynn, you know, which is Pat's yet to be released. But like it got to a point where it's like, you know what, we could be a badass agency, a creative agency. We could do it better than anyone out there. Or we can make Fizzle really, really good and serve the online entrepreneur. We can't do both at the same time. You know what I mean? At least not right now. So that was a realization that was a little hard for me to give up because I like the freshness of attracting, of getting into different stuff. Yeah. But since making that decision, um, you know, doing little bits of pieces with friends here and there, like uh, businesses that I don't care about at all. Yeah. I care very much for the people and they don't really hugely care about this business idea either, but they're like, and it's profitable and I probably can make a buck on it. You know what I mean? So, and they try to get me involved in, or just a little conversation here, help, help here and there. And it's like, once you step out of the client services game, it's, it's like, I look at, they come at me with this thing. I'm like, Oh, what a, Boring problem to solve. What a what a horrible problem to solve. That right there to make you this company look better. Like I don't know, get hire a bigger sales force. You know, yeah. And, and but there are, there are you know I had a handful of ideas, but but that is very different than like a helping a Steve Cam figure out a brand instead of just like some bootstrapped you know right you know, woo themes thing or something like which that. which brings us to the next resource and, and one of the major points that he makes in this book so hold on, let's hold it there okay let me just tie this bow up yes so sometimes you so we highly recommend going when you're starting out get into services work with the people on the other side see the pain see the kind of value you can add to that situation it's a value add as the douchebag would say yeah it's a value add Get the confidence build up and get confidence not in like just your ability, but in the sense that you understand what the problem actually 
is. Yeah. I think the best copywriters are the ones that somehow have some intuition, whether it's through research or, or their own personal experience or whatever, but they say, that's not the problem. This is the problem. Yeah, right. That's the angle. You have to understand the problem that your client has better yes. than they do. That's and whether and, you're selling products or services. Exactly. And that comes from, you know, being in the in the shit, essentially, yep. you know? In the shit, like in Nam. <laughs> there were no rules. You're out of your element, I like how, Corbett. I like how Caleb does a <laughs> kind of like <laughs> we're little getting snorts, snorts today. Little snorts for the snorts today. Wait, so, by the way, what room are you in? Is it is it a closet? No, it's he's an not, office. He's not in uh That's he's not, not your elevation. He's not at home. I haven't seen Oh, got it. Hey, whose guitar you, was that in the background? Were you at home last week when we did the episode? Uh, yes. On Tuesday? Yeah. Where are no, you now? Monday. Then? Where I'm are in you? Tacoma. Tacoma? Just up in Seattle, yeah. What are you doing in Tacoma? Just Ta- came up here to visit friends for a week. You're in Tacoma? What a lifestyle entrepreneur. I know. <laughs> hey, you know, it's interesting. As you sit in your underwear at 3.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> I have a napkin drinking on a, me. Drink, drinking a Honey, I, do you have a napkin? I'm making a mess over here. So, it's interesting. You know, the... Um, in LA, I forget what the major. I'm going to totally botch this, but there's a oh, there's a big here. rock station with a morning show. It's been on for 20 years. Yeah, some big comedian guys got their start there too. Maybe Adam Carolla and some other guys okay. like back in the day. Anyway, um, they've been at it for so long. I I don't know what the history is, but I suspect that one of the guys is like, screw this, I'm not living in LA my whole life. He lives in on Bainbridge or Mercer Island or something mm. in Seattle. And does the L.A. rock Does the program. L.A. show? Yeah, does the L.A. show. Like, how crazy is that? Like On the that. actual radio. I like that. Just like you're doing right now, Caleb. Doing this, this huge show that we've been doing for 20 you years. You, too, could huge. be living in Tacoma, Washington. 20 episodes. 20 episodes in. <laughs> a, a large and sprawling and a, and a little, like, and a just large imagine. and sprawling suburb of Seattle. Just imagine. You, too, could, could be in the birthplace of third wave coffee and have no good coffee shop hey, near you. one day, uh, Seattle's just going to bleed all the way from Olympia to Everett. It's going to be incredible. For all of you Seattleites. I'll see you down in Arizona Bay. It reminds me of that Tool song. So can we, fi- can we finally get to our next uh, service sort of? What do we call them here? These are system. resources, tools, can we get to and our systems. Next, can we get to our next system, please? Yes, let's now. do it. Okay, so now that we've talked about, you know, doing the service, do we have anything else to say on the service, being a services industry? Maybe, versus well, a- maybe, like, as part of this conversation. Okay, let's see. So, so, probably the most helpful out of all of these things that we're going to talk about, the most or second most helpful system that I've ever encountered and followed is simply a book known as Book Yourself Solid. And I think we've talked about this before. It's written by a guy named Michael Port. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michael was a service provider himself, sort of discovered some things about the way he was working that opened a lot of opportunities. Yeah. And he created a system and wrote a book about it called Book Yourself Solid. And essentially, this is a step-by-step system that you can follow in the course of a book. And there's a free downloadable worksheet. This is like, if you're a service provider, this is the best $10 you will ever spend yeah. in your yeah, entire sure. business. It's no true. question about it. Yeah. So basically uh, you, you buy this book on Kindle or whatever, and he will teach you um, about finding the right clients, about making yourself really likable so that the decision clients have to make about you is mm-hmm. much easier yep. about how to make your services stand out. He and does just, talk about elevator pitch too. Yep. About yep. your elevator pitch and just about how to love your your job a lot more. We were talking earlier. I, I meant to bring this up before you rudely interrupted me. Chase. I'm very rude, um, especially when I'm in <clears throat> about how if you're going to do services, the the name of the game is okay. First, just get the revenue in the door, or whatever. Like mm-hmm. make make it work. But then you're basically trading up clients. You need to be trading up clients in terms of quality and what they're willing to pay you and all this kind of stuff Like as you move up because it's really easy to burn a lot of energy working for shitty clients yep. and uh, not getting paid a whole lot for it. Yep. And so if you're going to do this long term, you need what Michael Port calls a velvet rope policy. It's mm. like you want to create a line of people that are waiting outside the door and you want to have a bouncer there who is checking these people out and judging whether or not they're good enough to get inside of your club, yeah. you know, um, because that's the way to really enjoy the services business over time as opposed to yeah. dreading it and calling it a hamster wheel, which a oh, lot of totally. people end up doing. Yep. Have you, Caleb, did you read book yourself solid? 
Yeah, I even bought it for my wife when she started a photography business to <laughs> read and get through and stuff. I thought you were about to say, yeah, I even buy it, bought it. <laughs> yeah, I read, I read uh, it and I, I even bought it. I read it, I read it, I downloaded it, I pirated I didn't just it, use and the then torrent. I was like, oh, I gotta buy this. I gotta buy it. Exactly. I'll buy a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so for people listening to this, if you are contemplating doing services at all, or if you're like just thinking about starting a business and you're not sure yet exactly what you're going to offer, yeah. read Book Yourself Solid. It'll take you like three days. There are work, workbooks involved. It's 10 bucks. And it. so for me, here's, here's how it worked for me. So I started Think Traffic and I knew that I was going to create Traffic School, which was this big intensive online program, but it was going to take me a while to get there. Yeah. So I started Think Traffic. I didn't launch Traffic School until a year after I started Think Traffic. In between there... I had this audience all of a sudden who was listening to me and people started writing me just asking if I offered services. So I started doing little website projects basically and I would do like little evaluations and stuff for people, but I wasn't really bringing a lot in and I was also getting clients that were just draining to work Mm -hmm. for. I picked up Book Yourself Solid and I literally went from like a couple of clients who weren't paying me much or were kind of a pain in the ass to I was making a really nice income and I had far more clients that I couldn't even handle because of what I implemented from Book Yourself Solid. And the biggest thing that I did was I productized my services. So instead of just saying, hey, you know, my name's Corbett, I can help you come up with a website traffic strategy and help you implement the site, you know, to actually fulfill this strategy and then have like a contact me here page. Basically, I conceived of three different offerings thinking about what my clients were struggling with, what problems they faced, where they were at in the uh, process. Mm-hmm. I came up with three products that based were really services. Based on what you knew about them through... Based on what I had known from them, from yeah. working with them and whatever. Based on what Michael Port says in this book, I created three products which were services, which are basically packages that people could purchase that were that were purchasable from my website you could literally just click click this thing and sign up and just start working with me basically Mm -hmm. right away now i would actually screen the clients after this you know so you still have some say in the matter whatever but basically i created like three different price points i think one of them was like six thousand dollars or something and one was like five hundred dollars you know kind of in everything in between yeah and i just you know uh created them based on you know how much effort it was for me and what i thought clients wanted to walk through and within a month of launching all of these I was booked out like six months. Wow. And had awesome. and had to start turning people away. So you people would buy and then you'd say, Okay, I have an opening in January for you. Exactly. Or right. you would actually put on that that page like when your next opening was yeah. and people would book based on that, you know. I actually I I also um implemented this uh partly from studying um someone named Sarah Bray, Sarah J. Bray, um, who had a design business at the time, and I'm not sure what she's up to now, but um, her design business was pretty impressive because she was booked out like eight months or something wow. and had uh, similar sort of packages of services on her site as a designer. So I kind of borrowed from that, and I think she had learned from Michael Port as well. Interesting. So you take uh, you take a little bit of a product idea and combine it with the with the services thing. Exactly. Based on, well, let's not get away from the fact that you're talking about this resource in this book. Is it Michael Port? Michael Port. Yeah. Michael yeah. Port. Why do yeah. I want to say Laporte? Uh, you're thinking of uh, Danielle. Danielle. I think Danielle Laporte. Danielle. But um, or Leo Laporte. Or Leo. Gosh, so many Laportes. This is a podcasting There's hero. Only one port. But that w- that book was great. I did illegally download that as, oh, good, a, as an audio book, and then you. ended up buying it. Why? Nice. Because there's a lot of helpful uh, worksheet stuff at the end. Yeah. A lot of, uh, you know, fill out this and, and do the, that. And the important thing is really, uh, just as we talked about in last week's episode, the important thing is really to make something people want. Yeah. And what I, f- I figured out something that people desperately wanted, which was an audience for their business. You know what's interesting to me? Okay, so this get, this is an interesting angle into one of my one of my resources, which for my, for my personal, like my story, looking back, it's actually weird. I, it's hard for me to remember. What what were the resources that were actually important to me when I was starting out? You don't want to know what a big one was? Yeah. Are I you do. sure? I do. Caleb, do you want to know? Do you Absolutely. Want to know? I just thought you just You want to know? <laughs> and then uh and so it was actually the forum on the DIY themes mm. site. That's great. You only get access to it once you buy thesis and this, that, and the other. Okay, here's why I like this. Both Leo, both Leo Laporte, Jeez, Michael Port. <laughs> it was Michael Port and Book Yourself Solid, 
and uh, the DIY themes community, these what these get out is you have a particular skill, a craft that you are good at, and you can help you you can get better at that thing. Yep. Whether it's better at selling that thing or better at running that thing or better at that thing itself. Um, we kind of take for granted, I think, a lot of times, and we're starting to roll this into the, the new Fizzle model, that you have some sort of expertise, skill, or craft. You know what I mean? We take it as a grant, but, but some people don't know that they have that or they don't have that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And they're just saying like, hey, you know, Leo about to has a business doing this thing, I think. It looks like Corbett does too. I guess I could try that out. Um, I can write an email, so I could probably be an entrepreneur. Right. You know, which is great because, yeah, that's true. And, yeah, you're going to get your arse handed to you by the world but in five years you're gonna realize like okay i gotta have value gotta gotta be able to help someone with their problem gotta solve something out of this that and the other you're gonna learn those lessons over time but yeah. what's interesting is you had this this expertise that you rolled into a productized sort of model uh, in in the services way which is kind of interesting right. for me that as a resource I was just learning how to like put together a website. There was one thing really interesting I wanted to do on my wife's real estate website that I didn't know at all how to do using Thesis. So I spent a lot of time in there working with one of the experts trying to figure it out. Godhammer? It was Godhammer was in there, and then but there was a there was a lady that helped me most. Yeah. Uh, gosh, Godhammer! Though, I'd be lost without Godhammer. I can't remember. <laughs> um, just big. Huge I was in there. I was in there. Shout out to Godhammer. There's a guy in the forum <laughs> named Godhammer who was just. Just legendary. Um, I'm sure he's on payroll, but because he's so helpful. But um, that was wildly helpful for me to learn these skills. as a service provider, which was to be in this forum of and, people. Yeah, yeah, but but meaning like like the reason why I say it is, I then had that skill, that craft that has been the support of of everything I've done totally ever since. You know, even though now I do something completely different. Yeah, it's all in line with. It comes straight from that. Before we move on from the services thing, I just want to point out one thing um, from both of these examples, from my example and from DIY themes. Yep. I don't know any uh, web developer who specialized in thesis, for example, who went hungry. Yeah, Everyone who said, I'm a web designer who specializes in thesis development, yep. they were all booked like crazy um, because yeah. they niched down and they found something yeah. that was desirable, and they became an expert in that. You could become an expert as a thesis developer. You couldn't become an expert as an overall web developer yeah. designer. Like, it's impossible. There's too many of them. So people totally. were looking. They knew they wanted thesis. They went and found a thesis designer. And or those they had people, it already and didn't know what to do with it. Exactly. Yeah. Those people had plenty of work. For me personally, I mean, I basically became a web strategist slash developer designer, mm -hmm. right? And if I just put a shingle out there saying I'm a web strategist, whatever developer designer, like yeah. who would have hired me? But totally. because I said, I help people build audiences online. And in that work that I'll do with you, we will create a strategy and a website. Yep. Totally. Boom. Done. Like I was booked like yeah. crazy. And we should say, so thesis is a framework that fits on top of WordPress. That's a, it's a, it's essentially a theme that has a lot of features and all these other, and, 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 you know, it, it whatever, it was complicated. Yeah. It was very powerful and complicated to try to customize in a lot of heavy duty ways. A lot of simple ways were easy to customize. Um, and DIY themes was the name of the company that made that. And they had a forum where I basically learned how to code. HTML, CSS, and PHP. Yep, that's Me where those are like every week for the first three months. Where I was it blogging. all started for me. Crazy, and I go back and forth, you know, because I really, I don't, I, I, I mean, I'm a designer, so it's easy for me to say I would be lost without HTML, CSS, PHP, uh, really, really basic PHP. But I, yeah, and, and you know that stuff. But really, I can't. I mean, if you know how to do that stuff, you're gonna be better off. I can just say it that way. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm also like, nope, take it seriously what you're doing, the value that you're adding, working with your clients. Make it so serious that you have to hire someone to do your design and development so that you don't fiddle with it for forever. Totally. Which is what all of us ended up doing. I feel like it kind of depends on who you are, but also... I'm standing up, by the way. Are you going to put your pants back on? No. So there you have it. Part one of our conversation about the resources, tools, and systems we've learned the most from. 
I've summarized and outlined these resources and all the things we mentioned on the show, like that awesome video hangout on the self-publishing that I uh, crashed, uh, but it's still really good. Uh, I outlined all of that. I did a good job, frankly. I put a lot of energy into it at fizzleshow.co slash 20. F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.co slash 20. That's two zero. Um, Listen, I hear from many of you in emails and tweets. Hey, man, I keep meaning to write the iTunes review. I will soon. And so I, I get the feeling that it's like a little inconvenient to, to write the iTunes reviews. So if you, can, if you can leave us an honest rating in iTunes, we would really love that. Say something funny or harsh, but keep it honest. Or you can simply share the show with a few friends via email. Um, but only people that you like, please. Let's keep it only to the people that you like. You're going to get part two next Friday. So I'll leave it at that and say over on the blog post, leave a comment with your guest about what the other resources we'll mention will be. Um, share your own two resources as well. Like say there's someone you cared about who's starting up their own online business. What two resources would you give them? Books, systems, seminars, conferences, anything. Could be anything. If you could only choose two though, what would they be? Let's hear your answer. Leave it at fizzleshow.co slash 2020. Find care, take care, dig in, and serve hard, people. Thanks. We'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.